Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Greg, I'm super excited about this week's topic because it's something that we have gotten many inquiries about, and that is prayer in your marriage and just the importance of prayer in your marriage. Yeah, I'm so glad that we get to go deeper on prayer and marriage because, you know, so many couples don't even think about praying together. I know for us, we've had seasons where we've done this really, really well, and we've had dry seasons Mm -hmm. to where it just, for whatever reason, it hasn't been happening. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I can't remember the exact statistic, but it is very, very common that Christian couples are not praying together. Yeah. And only point. 2% 2% do. 0.2%? No. No, I Well, didn't. you said you couldn't remember, so I, I thought I it, would give I, you something. I think it's like 60% yeah. or 70% of Christian couples Don't. do not pray yeah. together. And I just always think, oh, we have such an opportunity to come together before God. And like you said, there's been seasons where we've done that really, really well, and there's been seasons where it's been really, really hard. But of course, if we're not feeling connected and we're not feeling safe emotionally with each other, the likelihood that we're going to actually pray together is really low. Yeah. We were recently at a marriage event, Mm -hmm. and it was really good. This couple really delved into this whole topic of praying together. And one of the things they loved that they gave us was just a really simple prayer mm-hmm. that we could do just as a way to uh, say goodbye to each other. So as we're exiting the home, it's just a simple thing that we've really started to do. Mm-hmm. It sounds like this. Lord, protect Greg's heart, protect his mind, and protect our marriage. Yeah. Amen. It's so it, it's that easy. I know this morning... Busy, rushed. Um, I had a radio interview that I had to do very early in the morning. So I was just feeling this pressure. I got to get out the door. And so I told you, all right, I got to get going. Love you. And I started to walk towards the door and I stopped. And I just thought, no, I need to go back and speak that prayer over you. So I remember I went back into the bathroom and. Was that just this morning? That literally was this morning. <laughs> I Glad was thinking it was, it was yesterday. Wow, that was this morning. Yeah, but it. <laughs> but it but I did. I do remember that that you did pop your head back in and you prayed and I prayed over you and you know it's just as a great way to separate and part ways and you know you think about it that's an opportunity that we could miss and we could have missed out on that yeah. today if you hadn't come back yeah. and so I'm grateful you yeah. did. It's not and, that our marriage would have fallen apart, no, but, but we would have missed that opportunity. Yeah, and it's looking at how do we take advantage of those simple everyday moments even around prayer. Yeah. You know, just that we're committed to doing this and to praying that over each other, not to make it rote or meaningless, because it is meaningful anytime we go before the Lord together. It brings unity. And that's really what we're going to focus on on this episode is praying together. So we've got some great segments coming up. Later on, we'll hear a devotion from Bill Arbuckle about how essential prayer is to our relationship with our spouse. We'll also hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can she and her husband pray together without it feeling forced? Mm. But first, we had an insightful conversation with Jody Burnt. She's an author, speaker, and teacher with some great thoughts about prayer. Let's listen to the conversation we had with Jody. You know, married people, they feel so intimidated by praying. 
together. Yeah. And it, it, which I love your concepts of, hey, here's some specific prayers. Be- before we even get to that, like, how do you begin to encourage someone who's going, I'd love to pray with my spouse, but I, I either I have no idea what that looks like. That's too intimidating. How do you encourage them with just some of the real basics? Yeah, well, the first thing I would say, and this will be no secret to your listeners, is, you know, you're not alone. So many people, people who've been in church their whole lives, don't know how to pray alone or or with their spouse. You know, Mm -hmm. we just don't talk about it a lot in church. We think it's something that ought to come naturally as we enter into a relationship with Christ. Oh, sure, we know how to pray. But for a lot of us, you know, we don't get much beyond the Lord's Prayer or the things we... Like, I met one lady, she said, you know, she was 70 or 80 years old, and she said, Jody, I've never heard of praying the way you do with using the Scriptures, using the Bible to help shape your prayers. She goes, my prayers are just on Sunday, and and the minister does them, and I agree. And I thought that's Mm. where a lot of us are, really, Mm. and we just haven't really had anyone take us by the hand and, and lead us beyond that. So... The first thing I'd say is you're not alone. And the second thing I'd say is, you know, we've got to do what works. I, I talked to so many husbands and wives as I was writing this book that were, um, gosh, not to put it too bluntly, but, you know, finding fault with their spouse because their spiritual life didn't look like right. they wanted it to. You know, uh, somebody wasn't willing to pray or they weren't taking the spiritual leadership role or they weren't following along or joining in, any of these things. And I think it is so dear the way God treats us. You know, Romans tells us that it's His kindness that leads us to repentance, Hmm. and it's His grace and stuff that draws us. And I think the same can be true in our families, that as we are patient and kind, there's a reason that 1 Corinthians 13 is called the love chapter, and we hear it at so many weddings, is that when we're patient and kind with our spouse, that is the first step to setting up a climate in which that intimacy and prayer can flourish. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes when we start with the berating them or even talking to God about them, you know, uh, and I've been guilty of this myself, Lord, you know, can't you change Robbie's attitude toward this or fix him (laughs) on that? And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and God uh, would probably much rather say, well, Jody, let's talk about you. How can we make (laughs) you more kind, more forgiving, more loving, more... That's so boring. It's so much more (laughs) enjoyable to talk about our spouse. We have so much more insight about our spouse. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. But if we want to create a climate in our families where that intimacy can flourish and where the seeds of love and ultimately prayer can take root, I really think it has to start with that patience and that kindness, that forbearance with one another. But but you are right that it is often awkward. I asked Robbie, one time we were on a walk, and I said, you know, honey, let's talk about this prayer thing. Like, I know you believe in God. I know you pray. I pray. Why, why don't you want to pray more with me? And he said, Jody, you know, I would like to pray more with you. I think that's a great goal. But Honestly, it's just kind of awkward. And I loved him, like, saying out loud what we both were thinking in our heads, and and there wasn't any condemnation attached to it. He was just speaking the reality that we have very different personalities and very different prayer styles. Mm -hmm. Like, I like to pray in my journal. You know, I want to write everything out. He doesn't have to write a thing down to remember it. Um, I, I like to pray out loud. He's super comfortable just praying in his chair in his head. And so for the two of us to kind of try to blend our styles, it 
took some intention and it took some work. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that as we worked on this book, and it's got my name on it, but honestly, he wrote the thing just as much as I did because he looked at every word and made me go back to the drawing board umpteen times. (laughs) I'm sure you you loved that. It's really, yes, it's really, you know, want your marriage to thrive, write a book together. Um, (laughs) No, we we know. (laughs) I know you know. I know you get it. I know you get it. But it, but as you know, we worked on it and did it and began to call these little prayers out of scripture. And mm. you probably know I, on my website there are prayer calendars and things folks can download if they want to get started and don't have anywhere you know to turn yet. But um, just say, for example, we are feeling uh, um, the pinch in finances, which is an area that couples can certainly you know have conflict about there's a simple prayer that's both on the calendar and in the book from Luke 16 verses 11 through 13 make us trustworthy in handling worldly wealth devoting ourselves to serving you instead of being mastered by money mm. and you know that is one sentence called out of you know three verses there in scripture and that's something that Robbie and I we have this calendar posted on the refrigerator and we can pray that together and lo and behold, look at that. We have a praying marriage, and it took us all of a minute and a half, you know, mm-hmm. to talk about it, to turn to it, to pray it, and we can go on about our day. So I think for couples who find themselves in the same spot as we did, where it where it is awkward and it's not something that we've just done a whole lot of, but we want to get better at, starting small to just say, let's pull a couple verses, pray them together. Um, I think that opens the door and and points you in the right direction. And I love that. And specifically, you talk about um, really bridging that gap because you're different. Like you're talking about Robbie has a different style than you do in prayer. And so how does prayer play into that? Really bridging the gap. Yeah, yeah. I I love that question. Um, And I will tell you, and I'm sure, you know, you all are the marriage experts, not me, but you've probably seen a lot of the research and, in fact, secular sources um, come out with evidence and and studies on prayer, things Mm -hmm. that tell you that prayer increases your sense of satisfaction in marriage. It it heightens your own individual sense of emotional well-being. If there's tension, it... uh, calms things down, just stopping and taking a moment to pray. It kind of can just give each of you a chance to take a breath. And it reinforces the idea that you're on the same team. Like so often we can think that our spouse is the problem. Our spouse is the enemy. If only our spouse would do this or do mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And yet we know that, you know, our spouse is our adversary. Satan's our adversary. He's the one who wants to kill, steal, and destroy most of all our marriages, I think. And so when we can recognize that and take a moment and stop and pray, that reorients the whole playing field. So that's kind of the secular perspective, but I'll tell you, I think even beyond that, spiritually, something happens when we pray. Number one, I think it opens the door to intimacy because we're being vulnerable with our spouse and we're yeah. as we talk mm-hmm. to the Lord. And then secondly, um, it acknowledges that we don't have all the answers and there's a real freedom in that. Like for Robbie and me, when we are at an impasse over something, a parenting decision, a financial choice, conflict, or something with our in-laws, when we stop to pray, it's so freeing because we can say, you know what, it's not on us to solve this, to fix this, to answer this. We can come humbly before the Lord and invite Him into the conversation 
And boy, oh boy, that just kind of brings a peace that no other exercise I think can do. So I think you get that intimacy. I think you get the vulnerability. And I think you really get the peace that you can't get any other way when you begin to pray in your marriage. I really appreciate Jody's encouragement to, you know, start small and pull a couple of verses and pray them together. Yeah. And we want to read some of our favorite marriage verses and why we think they're so powerful in praying together. So, Greg, do you want to start? Yeah, absolutely. I love Ephesians 4.32. It says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. What I like about that is that just those words, just how important mm-hmm. kindness is. Mm-hmm. You know, tenderhearted, that's that's all about being compassionate, empathic. So really not not just hearing how you feel, but but really trying to experience that. And then the importance of just that ongoing forgiveness. God forgave me. I want to continue to forgive you. Mm. And I love John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And I just think, gosh, in marriage, we have so many opportunities to sacrifice um, for each other and to serve one another. And what a great thing to come together in prayer about, Lord, show me where I can sacrifice and I can sacrificially love my spouse. Yeah. One of my favorite verses is Hebrews 3.13. It says, but encourage one another daily. And Aaron, we've talked about this verse before mm-hmm. because it's one of only two places in the Bible that talks about doing something every day. So mm-hmm. pick up your cross daily, in other words, sacrifice, but encourage one another, breathe courage, speak life into your spouse, and what an opportunity that you and I have as a couple to encourage one another daily. Mm. My other favorite, Hebrews thirteen four, marriage should be honored by all, including us. So everybody should be honoring marriage. But you know what an opportunity we have as we're praying together to honor our marriage before God, and also to ask Him to protect our marriage so we can honor our marriage. Yeah, and like Jody was really encouraging us to do, start small by pulling some verses. And so we're actually going to add this to our show notes, mm-hmm. um, this document that we've created, our very favorite marriage verses. So don't hesitate to go there and, and grab those. Use that as a way to begin to really pray those verses over each other. You know, if you want to learn even more than about prayer, we have Jody's book here at the ministry for a gift of any amount. It's called Praying the Scriptures for Our Marriage, Trusting God with Your Most Important Relationship. It's because of, you know, your financial support that we're able to do this podcast. So please donate and get that book today. Yes, and all the details will be in the show notes. Hey, I'm Bill Arbuckle with today's marriage devotion. Prayer is powerful. Do you believe that? Do you live like it? Well, one man did. He was desperate enough to pray a bold prayer and ask thousands more to join him. Did God answer? Here's the story. It was December 1944. The 101st Airborne was trapped by German soldiers in the Belgian town of Bastogne. The Allied troops needed help. General George Patton, commander of the 3rd Army, had everything the 101st needed. Fresh troops, supplies, nearly 10,000 aircraft. But he too was trapped by bad weather. 
and there was nothing he could do to make the sun poke through the clouds. But he knew the one who could. So General Patton asked his chaplain to write a prayer for clear weather. 250,000 copies of the prayer were printed and distributed to each soldier in Patton's Third Army, along with instructions asking soldiers to pray. Four days later, on December 20th, 1944, Patton's prayer was answered. The skies cleared, the troops moved forward, and they broke the siege of Bastogne. The Third Army's actions later resulted in a decisive Allied victory at the Battle of the Bulge. So did George Patton's prayer change the course of World War II? Well, if so, it wouldn't be the first time God changed the outcome of a battle. Second Chronicles 20 records King Jehoshaphat's prayer. In his prayer, he admitted, We have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. God answered Jehoshaphat's humble prayer. Why are we talking about battles on a marriage podcast? Okay, we're not saying marriage is like warfare, but if we're honest, there are those kinds of days. So what we are saying is, there is an enemy who seeks to destroy your marriage, and one of the most powerful weapons is prayer. So go ahead, bring your struggles to him. Amazing things happen when God fights for your marriage. Wow, Bill always has the greatest things to say. Thank you, Bill, for your insights around the importance of prayer in marriage and how it can draw you closer to your spouse as, as well as to God. Yeah, well, now we're going to move to our weekly Q&A, and this is the part of the show where we get to answer your burning questions about marriage. Please send us your questions. This is how we can best connect with you. Go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Well, today's question comes from Destinia. Let's listen to the voicemail that she sent in. I have a question about praying together. Like my husband and I both pray individually, but when we try to physically pray together, it feels very forced and like we don't really know what to say and what to pray about together. So just how to do that more effectively and to pray for our marriage together and our family together on top of our individual prayer. Mm, Thank you, Destinia, for such a great needed question, because I can tell you, you are not alone in this, that so many Christian couples struggle with praying together. And what comes to my mind first and foremost is that prayer is such a vulnerable and intimate place, that it is where we are really revealing what's in our hearts as we pray together. So I think because couples sometimes don't feel super comfortable with that, that they just don't go there. And so it's looking at that we've got to create a place that is safe in order to encourage us to go there, 
that, you know, when my spouse prays that I'm not judging or criticizing how they're praying or what they're praying for, that I'm leaning in and joining with them. Yeah. And and it can be difficult to pray together if there are past hurts or resentments Mm -hmm. that have really, you know, built up. That's why I love that, that even Jesus talked about Hey, before you you give an offering, you know if there's an offense you have with a brother or sister, you know go first. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hey, before you even make an offering to me, if you've got something going on with someone else and you're resentful, it's it's shutting your heart down. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying, you know, I don't want you to show up with, with a gift for me with a closed heart. And that's why he's saying, now go take care of that. So in the same way, no wonder it's going to be difficult to pray together. If if we haven't dealt with some of the, the past issues or if we're still holding resentment towards each other. But also, I would say busyness and distractions yeah. get in the way because we run at a fast pace. Yeah. And so in order to develop an individual prayer life and a mutual prayer life, that we've got to slow down and take the time to do that. And I would say that really looking at um, when can we prioritize this in our day? What time of day is going to work best for us as a couple? Individually, maybe it's first thing in the morning. Maybe as a couple, it's the last thing at night. Whatever works for you, it's carving out that space and that time and prioritizing it, making it happen. Yeah, and I, I love the idea of really making saying a prayer together is just kind of a way to say goodbye. And we talked mm-hmm. about that earlier in the mm-hmm. show that, that you know, someone had shared that they do this little, quick little prayer, you know, and we've started to do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, does it feel forced at times? Probably. I mean, even this morning I'm thinking, oh, I'm late. I got to get going. No, I need to go back and do that. But but I, I trust that God's going to use that, just that quick little prayer that we can say mm-hmm. over each other mm-hmm. is a way to create some unity between mm-hmm. us, uh, that strengthen our oneness, and, and He's faithful in doing that. And, you know, another thing that you can do is just to pray for each other around whatever you have going on for the yeah. day. You know, if, if you have a big meeting, I can always say, you know what, Greg, um, I am thinking of you and just going before God and God just be with Greg today as he navigates this, you know, high pressure meeting or this presentation or whatever it is that you have going on. I can just take, you know, one minute just to lift that up and offer that to the Lord. Yeah. And Jody's idea of just praying, you know, your favorite verse over your marriage or over each other is, again, another great way to do that. So, Really, it's finding something that that works, rather that's doing it as a daily, you know, rituals we mm-hmm. say before we leave, or something we do at the end of the night, mm-hmm. um, praying scripture over. Just find something, one yeah. thing. So just pick one thing that's going to work and commit to doing that over the next several weeks. Yes, I was going to say thirty days. Commit to it for thirty days, <laughs> wow. just to make a commitment and do it. And because so often we want to make excuses and on and on. If you're saying, you know what, I'm going to really commit to this and and really work towards doing this every single day for the next 30 days. Then it's not awkward anymore. It becomes a habit. Well, thanks to Destinia for your question and look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and you have any questions for us, contact us. Go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail.
Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We hope we were able to share why prayer is so important to your marriage and give you some practical steps to build a prayer habit in your marriage. Well, be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong and satisfying marriage. We also want to help you grow spiritually, both individually and together, so that you can invest in other couples to help them build thriving marriages. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you next week about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.